The following podcast is presented by Hormone Logics. Discover your ageless health. And now, part two of the Ascension Mentality Podcast. So, Amy, as a mental health professional, can you tell me just a little bit about how important it is in your role to give clients that perspective of knowing what they've been through, knowing them at their weakest, most vulnerable spot in life, and then helping motivate them to do great things? Yeah. So I would say as far as my style goes, um, for my profession, I'm, I'm much more direct than some therapists. And I also do believe in kind of digging into root causes of problems in order to then deal with, um, what they've got going on in the present. So that's not everyone's favorite activity. People don't like digging into the past and really kind of discovering why they do the things that they do or why the behaviors, you know, that they are showing are the, are the way that they are. But I really do believe it's necessary in order to kind of unwind and process and then heal and make their lives better. Um, so I, I do, I do kind of dig into the past a little bit, um, because everybody has a history, right? Nobody goes through life and they're just unscathed. Um, and then, uh, we do, do that in order to kind of, again, deal with kind of what, what the present symptoms are that they may be experiencing that are, that, that, that are holding them back. Oftentimes you've told me, um, there's a big difference between your approach mm-hmm. and other maybe life coaches approach, sure. um, because of your background and your education. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the, the specifics of maybe your profession in terms of like the education route that you took and your licensing? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a licensed mental health therapist. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist specifically. And what that actually means in, um, in the licensing world is that I, I approach things from a structural perspective. So you may come in as an individual and say like, Hey, I'm dealing with this and this and this. And I would say, great. But then like what other aspects of your life are affecting your well-being right now. So what structural aspects of your life are, are, are kind of um, a mess? So whether that be your family, your work relationships, your um, work life in general, maybe you're in between employment, um, financial, what is going on with you? Um, what are your habits? How are, how is your habits of daily living as far as like eating and sleeping and exercise? I really kind of want to know like how your life is, um, formatted almost. And then what else is affecting you rather than just saying like, Hey, I'm here, I'm in your chair and I'm suffering from anxiety or depression. Okay. But that is just such an individual way to look at things where as a family therapist, I'm trained to look at things from a more structural, um, perspective. With all the things you have going on, you've mentioned, obviously mom, business owner, 
yeah. mental health provider, bodybuilder. How do you maintain focus having mm-hmm. so many things going on all at the same time? <laughs> um, I have learned that my schedule is very key. And when I get off of that schedule, it kind of throws me for a loop. But I've learned to be a lot more organized and It's a weird thing for me to even say that because I'm also very creative in my business. I'm kind of like a high level thinker. I kind of see things from a bigger perspective. I'm that, I'm that like dreamer. I'm, um, extremely optimistic and I, I have big goals and I have big dreams. And so I have to take all of that and then organize it into a very specific, um, method and rhythm in my daily life to really keep all the balls rolling. And like when that doesn't work, it throws me off a little bit. Like even this morning, you know, we woke up late and I was like, oh crap, like I have to like go to the gym before we go to the podcast. And like, I've learned that it actually just like helps me to, to do everything that I need to do to really kind of stick to a very structured schedule. Do you mind if sharing like maybe one of the specific things that we do to keep this structure, like our Tuesday strategy meetings? Sure, go ahead. Well, <laughs> we spend Tuesdays um, literally with a printed out calendar, kind of old yeah. school, and we put all of our kids' activities on the schedule for a week. We do. We talk about what meals we're going to have with the children mm-hmm. each week, right. what groceries we need to purchase for said dinners, mm-hmm. if there's any important topics or any things going on with the kids that we should prepare them for or discuss. I mean, I, I would say we're pretty intentional about those relationships yeah. and about maximizing our time. Well, I mean, we have to be. Otherwise, it would just be chaos, right? I mean, we have five children and they are in activities. We feel like the activities are, you know, good for them and their growth. And they're, again, I talked about passions earlier. We want them to follow their own passions. So then we have to make that happen. And if we don't have the schedule in front of us or, like you said, what we're feeding them or who needs to be here where or what groceries we need to get, it just doesn't work. So... I think I've seen you over the last couple of years that you've been doing the bodybuilding, uh, or excuse me, last couple of months you've been doing bodybuilding, become a lot more intentional and maximizing your time. Mm -hmm. One of the ways um, I've noticed is in um, kind of like preparing for a week. You know, I see you looking at your agenda or looking at maybe what meetings you have for the following day. Um, But one of the best things that I've seen or or maybe most interesting things that I've seen you do is um, when you're talking to clients, you kind of are helping them learn that process too. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to talk next week on Friday at whatever time. And then you ask them, what are you going to have done between now and then? It's kind of like the rubber meeting the road. Right. I do give a lot of homework. Um, The sessions are very goal oriented. You know, that's kind of what we always start with is like, okay, um, you know, have you been to therapy before? Yes or no? Okay, great. Well, what are your goals? Like, what do you actually want to get out of this process so that they don't feel like, they're wasting their time because, um, you know, therapy is an investment of time and finances and intentionality. And I don't want them to feel like they're wasting them their time. I want them to feel like they're getting something out of it. And similarly, like it's a, it's also a relationship, right? And it's a reciprocal relationship, even for me. If I'm seeing a client week after week after week and we've talked about goals and then, after, you know, they're not meeting those goals, that's frustrating for me too. So it, it is an expectation that they do do their homework and that they are moving forward. Not to say that they don't slip backwards here and there, you know, um, everybody does or everybody has off weeks, but I think that, um, yes, I do. I do push people. One of the things I have written down that we're supposed to talk about is my favorite topic. I just wrote it down so I didn't forget. Okay. 
because I think it's it's becoming one of your favorite topics, especially with finances. Sure. And for me, I just get really excited about that. That's um, I uh, used to work at Chase. I used to work at U.S. Bank. I used to um, work at these big institutions, and um, I, owned, I started my own company recently. And I don't mean to to talk about myself too much, other than to say that the financial piece of building this lifestyle and this brand and this business to me is very exciting because that leads into the continuity of it, the longevity of it. If you don't have those finances figured out, the likelihood of your bodybuilding career being a flash in the pan is unfortunately very high. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of um, people try and pursue a new passion or a new business, but not figure out the finances of it and they can't, it doesn't sustain itself long-term. So when you're in bodybuilding as you are now, um, is it paying for itself in the way that you thought it would? Or do you find that it's it's more of a long game in a long kind of process on the finance side? It's absolutely a long game. And, you know, unless you're the top, top, top pro, you're not you're not usually making money doing it. Um, it's extremely expensive. It's it's a very expensive sport. You know, you're those beautiful sparkly bikinis you're looking at cost somewhere between four hundred and twelve hundred bucks. Um, shoes, show fees, tan. I don't mean to look makeup. like I am not surprised, but you've already told me that. Yeah. I remember the first time you told me that that was like $400 for this little piece of fabric that was bedazzled. <laughs> I think I fell out of my chair. That is on the cheap end of things. I remember having that conversation. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you know, you slap on the regular monthly fees, which is your trainer, your food, your gym membership, um, you know, supplements, supplements. Yeah. It's an, it's a very expensive sport. So then you have to figure out like, how am I going to sustain that? Like you said, and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our athletes, um, do pursue, you know, sponsorship ap- opportunities. They, they try to align themselves with different companies in the industry. Um, and, and that's kind of how that works. But, you know, a, a lot of people are just doing it and it's, and it's, giving them zero ROI and they're just doing it for the love of the sport. So. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I wasn't suggesting that it has to be self-sustaining, but I think some people go into it, maybe not sure how much it's really going to cost. Right. And I find that a lot for myself when I'm talking to a business owner, especially on the younger side of a business owner who maybe started their business less than a couple of years ago. Maybe it's similar for a bodybuilder who started bodybuilding less than maybe a year or two ago. They didn't really appreciate the time investment. They didn't really know, oh, it is going to be probably between a thousand dollars and 1500 bucks a month to do this sport mm-hmm. or to build this business or what it, like right. they, they maybe don't even realize that. And so how have you seen that impact some of the bodybuilders you've been talking to the financial like burden of, of their mm-hmm. choice in the profession or passion? You know what? Here's the way that I look at it is that no matter what your passion is, it's, it's going to, it's going to cost money period. And if you are pursuing the sport and it is, it is giving you something as far as mental health wise, you know, fitness, self-esteem, et cetera. In my opinion, there is a lot of things that people spend money on that do the opposite, right? Like maybe they're spending a lot of money on clothes and going to the club every weekend and getting drunk. Like, you know, there, there are things that people spend money on that are, that are not necessarily going to be good for them. And this could be something, you know, if you are in the right mindset, that could be, that could be really good for you as far as health and fitness 
goes and mental health goes. So I don't know. That's kind of my answer is that like, yes, it is expensive, but people spend money on stupid stuff. (laughs) One of the conversations that I remember having with you when you first started to be interested in bodybuilding, yeah, you had said, Matt, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about taking this pretty seriously. Right. I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't like, what does that actually mean? Like, no, like I, I want to buy these things. And I think you showed me, you know, the sparkly bikini in the shoes. I was like, wow, okay. Like this is like a one-time use thing. Or this is like, I think you were at that point, like saying like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Not that you needed my permission, but just to be on the same page as, as partners to say, Hey, I'm thinking about spending a couple thousand dollars on some things. And mm-hmm. I think you should, we should talk about it. Yeah. And I think that was where you and I had a conversation about like, what is this going to look like long-term? And I don't know how many other bodybuilders do that um, and are just real with themselves. But um, is that a process that you walk clients through now? Kind of like what we did where you're like, hey, we should talk about what is this actually going to look like for you? You know, in in terms of your financial capabilities, your time capabilities, maybe Mm -hmm. your other commitments. Like how do you work with people that are, are considering those things? Absolutely. I think that goes back to the the goal setting um, that that I do with clients. I think it's absolutely necessary to figure out like what your place is in this industry and how far you want to take it. Not necessarily that the path is going to be there, like going there in a straight line. I mean, there's a there's a lot of factors that can happen. You know, life can happen. You could get injured. Somebody in your family could get sick. And then maybe your path you know, goes a different way. But I think it is important to have a goal in mind so that you can plan for it. You can plan for it financially. You can plan for it time-wise. You know, we just talked about um, my next season. So currently I am in what we call improvement season. So that means I'm eating a lot more calories. I'm still working out, but it's just more, it's more flexible, right? Like when you're in the grind of prep, what we call prep, which is the couple of weeks um, that's leading to the stage, like that's very specific, but this improvement season is, is much more of a flexible lifestyle, but it's still like in the back of my mind. Okay. At some point my coach is going to pull the trigger and say like, we're ready to prep. Right. And so you have, you have to absolutely be willing to, um, make that time investment when, when it is needed. Cause it's a lot more intense. Um, because when you're cutting, right, when you're cutting down your calories, you're still working out a lot. Your trainer's probably adding a bunch more cardio, which takes a lot more time in your day. And then, um, you know, your mental health kind of declines a little bit during that period. And it's just, it's just what happens. Your body goes into survival mode because you're cutting and you're working out at the same time and you're getting ready to go on that stage. So those beautiful, like completely cut stage picks, nobody lives like that, right? You can't live like that. Your body is actually not designed to live like that. So it's, it's a very intense period. So it does take a lot of planning, getting back to what you're asking. You have to plan for that period in your life. If this is the, this is the lifestyle that you're going to, um, go for, you know, like I'm talking to my trainer about our kids' schedules because our kids are in sports too. So like, I'm like, okay, well we have to work around dance competitions and cheerleading competitions and I can't prep during this time. Or we had a wedding last year, so we had to work around the wedding or, you know, if you want to take a vacation, you have to work this lifestyle around your vacation because you don't want to be in depletion when you're trying to have a good time, you know? So, um, 
it absolutely is, is a very intentional um, planned activity. One of the things that you've told me recently um, with some of your friends is that they've kind of asked you about your bodybuilding. Hey, Amy, we have a great sponsor on board, Hormone Logics. Yeah, they're actually my hormone doctors, so I think they're pretty awesome. They do hormone replacement therapies to revive energy and strength so that you can continue to feel younger, longer. They do bioidentical hormones, menopause therapy, andropause therapy. They help men with things like ED, low T, sleep regulation. They help you to have a more satisfying sex life, improved mood, improved cognition, healthier skin, bones, and hair. How does somebody get in touch with Hormone Logics? You can visit their website at www.hormonelogics.com. Stop missing out on living your best life and be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because they are interested in living a healthy lifestyle. Maybe right. they don't want to necessarily get on stage and, you know, get totally like in the zone of I'm a professional bodybuilder. They don't want right. to do the orange, uh, you know, spray tan. They don't want to put on the sparkly bikini, but they do are, they do want to know more about how they can live healthier. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to some of those friends or potential uh, listeners that maybe you're thinking about dipping their toe in living right. a little bit healthier lifestyle being intentional, eating right, but not necessarily on stage. Yeah. So we kind of have like a a medium temperature in bodybuilding, which we call like lifestyle clientele, right? So they'll give you the the meal plans and the workouts, but they just will be on a less intense level. So, um, you know, again, during prep, if you're going to be on stage, it's like all in. You really can't you can't dip your toe into prep. Like you have to commit to it and your diet has to kind of be hundred percent there and your workouts have to be hundred percent there. Otherwise you're, you're, what you're doing is you're just really, you're going to disappoint yourself because you're not going to, you're not going to get on that stage and say like, I gave it my full effort. Right. But then we do have what we call like lifestyle clients, which you'll get kind of the medium temperature. Here's, here's your workouts and here is your nutrition to get you to whatever goals you have for your fitness um, journey. When you're talking to clients about their bodybuilding journey and maybe some of their goals and their future kind of perspective or or orientation, um, how do you kind of help them plan and goal set and then just be realistic? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we start with kind of like what is going on in your life currently? Like what are what are all the other things that you that you have to do that have nothing to do with bodybuilding, right? Because you mentioned balance earlier. Like ideally, we want people to to live a very a, a balanced life, right? Where they can have um a social events and they can have their vacations and they can have their family time and they can have their other interests. Hopefully you have some other interests, right? That and then you also have this other part of your life that's more fitness oriented. So that that would be the the ultimate goal is this balance. So we have to start with like what other things do you have going on? And then we work the bodybuilding around your life, not not vice versa. So what about somebody who's already doing bodybuilding? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're in the the zone of they've made the commitment. Maybe they've done one show or two shows and they call you and they say, "Hey, you know, I'm really kind of struggling with mental health." Like how does that evolve that that conversation into, Hey, you've already done these certain things. You're struggling with mental health. Mm -hmm. Cause I I think you also said you don't want to be the mental health provider that says you should quit bodybuilding. 
So how do you kind of work with them very specifically to make sure they're not quitting, but they're also recognizing that maybe they do need some sort of balance realignment? Sure. So a question that I often ask people is like, what are, what are the things that you're saying to yourself in your head? And that's a, that's a weird thing to think about, but like, usually it's like these, these negative thoughts that are creeping in that are, um, that are affecting your mood, whether that be like, I'm not good enough or my body is this way or that way, or I'm never going to be good enough or I, or there's a comparison thing that's happening. Um, so we really kind of dig into like, what are, what is that messaging? Um, cause I, I say something like, you know, 90% of mental health struggles are, are really is the, is the way that we talk to ourselves. Mm. So kind of, that's the way that we're, um, we're processing through some of that. That's kind of the, the starting point. And then from that, it's like, what, what are we saying to them ourselves? And then what is, what is the root of that? Where does that come from? What are we, why are we saying that to ourselves? What, what, what is kind of the oldest um, experience that you have saying these things to yourself? How, how young were you when you started saying these things to yourself? What was happening to you in your life? Maybe there was an event or a traumatic event that happened, or maybe there was a, a season of your life that you were really struggling with. And that's kind of where it started. And then I always say something like what you're saying to yourself, is that old or is that happening right now? And oftentimes more than not, it's, it's kind of old news, an old story. And so we kind of kind of have to process through some of that. Is that along the same lines as like combating imposter syndrome? I think you've talked about that a little bit with me, just like, you know, <sighs> people just not, maybe not even realizing who they've become because they're still kind of sort of attached to maybe who they used to be. And so now they're, they're in this like uh, unfortunate bad cycle of like negative self-talk that, Maybe you're going to help coach them out of, um, but I've heard you kind of talk about imposter syndrome in a similar sense where people have this negative self-talk because they feel like they're an imposter until they start to realize maybe that perspective that you help give them um, in terms of like, I actually do, I, I should be here. This is who I am. I should be doing mm -hmm. these things. I am good enough. I have done the work. I have, you know, all these positive things that maybe you can help coach people to say to help combat that imposter syndrome. And I guess the question there that I'm, that I'm getting into is as you stepped into bodybuilding in the way that you have, what is the thing that you say to yourself that gives you the, those good vibes, that positive energy, that you're very self-motivated as I've seen you, but what is it that you say to yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take that question into two parts. So number one, um, imposter syndrome is probably, you know, up there, top five problems that bodybuilders experience. I think because of the the transformation that happens during this journey, right? I mean, that's that's literally the goal of bodybuilding, right? Is to take um, your physical body from one um, way that it is and completely transform it into something else. And that, you know, it's very different depending on what category you're in, whether you're male or you're female or whether you're going for bikini or you're going all the way up to figure, right? There's different protocols and, and different transformations that people go through depending on the 
look that they want to achieve or maybe what their coach thinks that their body is able to do. So the imposter syndrome is huge because you're starting at one point and then you're ending up at a completely different point. So to just stand there in that body at the end and be like, this is me, I think is uh, a huge <laughs> huge thing. And then people really struggle with that. That post-show blues is kind of what we call it too. It's like, okay, now I've achieved this thing. I've done this thing. And now what? Right. So, um, yeah. So imposter syndrome is, is a big deal. And then I think the second thing that you asked me is like, how do I, what do I say to myself or, you know, how do I get through, um, those moments? And I think that for me, it's really um, a practice of mindfulness, right? And mindfulness is really um, the best way that I can explain it is to not be past oriented or future oriented. It's really staying present. And so it's, it's every day I wake up and I know that I am working on building a better version of myself the day before, and that's the very simple breakdown. And whether that is I've completed one more workout or I've, you know, gotten my nutrition in the day before, um, that is my kind of marker of like, okay, I've done what I'm supposed to do and now I can like move on um, mindfully. And I think that that's kind of what athletes struggle with, especially when you're new. And like I explained before, like when you don't really know what's going on, it's a lot harder because you're not trusting the process yet, but really trusting the process is, is being present, is being mindful and, and is just able to kind of like compartmentalize that and like shut it off. And I know that my first prep that I just completed in my first stage, um, you know, presence, I think it was harder for me because I didn't, I didn't know the process. I didn't quite fully trust the process, even though I had this amazing coach that I still have. And I trust, I'm not sure that I fully trusted her because I just didn't know how it went. Right. But now like I've completed that process. I'm like, okay, it went how it went. And now I know how it goes sort of, you know, obviously every prep is going to be a little bit different. Your body's going to respond differently, but now I have the knowledge of like, okay, I've gone through it. I've experienced it a certain way. Maybe I can expect those things to be similar next time. And now I really am able to kind of compartmentalize my bodybuilding in the rest of my day. Now I'm like, okay, uh, you know, got my macros in, got my workout in, I'm good. And I can kind of move on and, and be more present in all the other things that I do, right? Um, I'm really enjoying this bodybuilding um, phase of life that you're in because mm -hmm. I'm able to relate to you in ways that I didn't otherwise think I was going to be able to relate. Um, I'd like to think of myself as an athlete, maybe not as accomplished as you're going to be. Um, but you know, I played sports in high school, played sports in college. Um, I play sports for fun. I know how to play sports and there's different mentalities and different mindsets that athletes have at different stages of their season. Um, sometimes they call it like rookie season jitters or the moments too big for some athletes or they crave under pressure. Um, all of those things are generally thought of in terms of like team sports, bright lights, might be the Super Bowl, whatever it is. But I think what you're going through in terms of bodybuilding, there's still these different stages. And women specifically tend to feel like there's a lot of pressure because people are noticing these changes. Mm -hmm. They're seeing the body recomposition. 
they're seeing, oh, you're not going to drink that now, or you're not going to eat that now, or you're going to need to eat, like you're talking about food more or like people yeah. see these changes. And so anyway, the question that I'm getting to is, um, I've seen you approach bodybuilding in a very systematic way. And now that you um, have gone through your first show, you've gone through all these different stages. You went through the stage of making a choice to do this. Mm -hmm. Then you went into a choice of shifting your lifestyle, prepping for your first show, literally doing the show, which is a totally different mentality. Then you went through the post-show blues, which are not to be messed with. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And now you're in the middle of improvement season, you know, getting ready for the next show. And so all of those stages are very real. And now that you've gone through that, you're able to have those experiences and be able to relate to some of the athletes that you're talking to that maybe otherwise didn't have anyone that could relate in that way. Mm -hmm. And so how have you learned through all of those stages about you and who you are and also how you can help other people? Yeah. Um, I, I would say that there's there's only one way to do it, and that's to go through it, right? There's The only way through is through, I would say. That, that That's what the quote is. Um, you don't know until you know, right? And I, I think that how we can better support new athletes is to just, I would say, um, rely on your community. Rely on those people that have been through it. Don't be afraid to ask questions, even though you think they're stupid. Um, be very, very honest with your coach because that's what they're there for. I've, I've seen a lot of girls um, not be super honest with their coach. You know, they'll have days where they'll, they'll binge eat, like drive through a drive through of McDonald's and eat all the things. And then they're just like, I can't even, I can't tell my coach. And like, really, that's who you've hired a professional for. And then if it goes beyond what you think that professional capacity is in that coaching trainee relationship, then that's what a mental health professional is for. And that's kind of where I step in. Right. So I'm getting referrals from, um, bodybuilding trainers and coaches that are like, Hey, I've kind of, I've rode this train with my athlete. And like, I feel like this is beyond my capacity because it, you have to be able to be aware of that line as well. You have to really know when you're struggling um, and it's and it's too much. And I would say what that line is, if I could define that kind of professionally in a mental health sense, is like you're having multiple days that may, might turn into multiple weeks of feeling stuck, right? Like we all have those days or those moments or those m minutes where we're struggling. Struggle is human, right? Everybody struggles. And if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with your trainer and you can work through it, great. I would say when those that one day turns into multiple days, which turns into weeks of um, not feeling like it's going well, whether that's the, your nutrition or you're just you're feeling like the gym is a punishment or you're struggling to get into that gym that, that used to be your safe haven and now you don't want to do it anymore, or maybe you're just really fearful of hitting that stage or you're doing this comparison thing where you're looking at all these other athletes and you're saying to yourself, I'm not good enough and you're stuck in this cycle, then that that's the the point of, of really probably needing more help. One of the things that I really love about you and that you're writing about in your book and that you I hear you tell people all the time is about your journey. Yeah. I think it's really compelling. Um, 
I don't think we've gotten into every single thing in this particular podcast about your journey. You know, that's part of why we're doing a podcast. But I've heard you kind of label it as Ascension Mentality. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the podcast. Yeah. That's kind of how you've thought of your journey. But what is an Ascension Mentality? If you could just maybe define it, like what does that actually mean? Sure. I would say that it is your ability to persevere through really difficult times, your ability to kind of find your own strength, to use your story and your life as a, um, as a source of strength and be really vulnerable and honest and um, truthful about it and share your story with others and really just like know that like, you know, one foot in front of the other day by day, little tiny progress will lead to, um, to this life that you desire and that you want and that you, um, you know, you, you see for your future. I think it's like, it's this mentality of being able to like see it and hold on to that picture, whatever it is, obviously that's ever evolving too. And it changes, but, um, see it and hold it and want it and feel like you deserve it. And, you know, maybe you're, you're making those little steps to, um, to get there. So is it safe to say that somebody can at one point in their life not have the ascension mentality? Oh yeah. And then develop it. Absolutely. I think that we all go through seasons of life that feel really dark and feel really hopeless and, um, feel really stuck and then you know they they realize that they that they don't have to be there anymore you don't have to live in that place right so I'm an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur we're we're basically building this life that that we want and and there really are no rules to that and I think that that um that's something that I'm often coaching clients about is the only ceiling that actually exists is the one that's inside your head. And so if you have this belief system within yourself that you can achieve X, Y, Z, whatever goals those are, um, then, then you can. And if you don't believe that you can, then you can't. I'm not sure if there's anything um, else to say about Ascension Mentality other than what you just said. You know, the ceiling's in your head. Yeah. And if you believe you can or you can't, you're probably right. Right. And I truly believe that. And it, I mean, it, it might, it might sound cheesy, but to, to me it's, it's not, you know, I mean, like I would say that the, the caveat of that is that, um, you don't have to walk that journey alone. There are a lot of professionals in the field, no matter what you want to achieve, whether that's a, a business coach or a performance coach or a mental health coach or a trainer or, um, whatever it is, like, rely on those professionals to help get you there. There's nothing wrong with saying like, Hey, I need help. And I think a lot of people even get stuck on that part, which is, you know, their own pride or, um, I think it's a Midwestern thing in general, like, you know, like pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And, um, really the opposite is true is like, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. And then, um, put your time and effort into developing those relationships with other people that maybe you look up to or can help get you to where you want to go.
This is Amy Wilhelmy. I'm the owner of Balance Wellness Collective. It's a holistic and integrative mental health practice located in St. Charles, Illinois, and telehealth. All of Illinois, we see individuals, adults, families, children, and adolescents. We are primarily family-focused and also do divorce mediation. It is a mind, body, and spirit approach to care. You can find us at www.balancewellnesscollective.com. Have you ever been stuck in life? Have I got a book for you, Ascension Mentality, written by Amy Wilhelmy, public speaker, athlete, and licensed therapist. In her book, Amy takes us through a raw and vulnerable journey as she unravels from childhood trauma and navigates her career, marriage, and parenthood. She takes us on a deep dive into her life and how when emotions are left unprocessed, they seep into adulthood as she tries to navigate the task of growing up. You cannot change what you did, you cannot change what has happened to you, but you can change how you feel about it. You can let go of what is holding you back. When you process and unwind trauma, you don't lose what made you strong, you only lose what no longer serves you. To ultimately be a better human, friend, parent, partner, coworker, daughter or son, and leader. It's time to let go. Ascension Mentality. This has been an Ascension Mentality podcast. Hit subscribe for all the latest episodes. For more information, visit ascensionmentality.com. Ascension Mentality, making mental gains. 